Hello, my friends. Brett Patterson coming at you from the financial capital of the West Salt Lake City, Utah. Joined by the chairman. How you doing? I'm doing good, Brian. Good. I'm glad, Brett. You know why? For the first time in seven weeks, the market finished up last week. <laughs> and as we're going to discuss in today's podcast, why making money makes you happy or losing money makes you sad. So do you feel a little better after last week as opposed to I'm always maybe, good, maybe a week prior? You're, you're always happy. I'm always good. Yeah, yeah yep. which is good. Um, but let's, ta- let's not talk about the market. Well, let's talk about the market. In terms of there's a great book, and we've talked about this book before uh, because it's on psychology. It's called Your Money in Your Brain by Jason Zweig, who's one of our favorites. I read his his uh, articles every week. He's he's great. Wall Street Journal um, reporter writer. Yep, yep. And he came out with this book a, a while ago, and it, it your money in your brain. It's called How the New Science of Neuroeconomics Can Help You Can Help Make You Rich. So what does that mean? Brian and I have come up with a few key points based in based on today's bear market as to how people probably are feeling at home. Yeah. And how we're hardwired as humans to do the exact opposite in every way <laughs> from what you should do in the market. Yeah, there's a natural tendency to do what's actually harmful to your financial wealth. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's uh, human nature. It's, and so we kind of have to relearn things or at least recognize where we fall short and hopefully offset that those some of those natural feelings. Yep. Yep. Let's talk about them. Uh, we'll talk about four four key points. Brian, I'll I'll summarize it and then you and I let's let's have the conversation about it. The first one: the brain activity of a person that's making money on their investments. This is crazy. Is indistinguishable. From a person who is high on cocaine or morphine. <laughs> Whoa. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. So so I'll throw this, uh, this example out there. Last year, really for two years straight, we've been talking about the euphoria that has been in the crypto markets, in the SPAC markets. Um, NFTs kind of came, came along a little late. And how... It's the FOMO trade, right? The fear of missing out. People saw the euphoria of their friends and had to jump in because their friends apparently were on cocaine or morphine. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Have you ever experienced that? Have you seen that in the market? I've never been on cocaine. <laughs> I'll admit that now. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, okay. The high from people that are making money. Yeah, I mean, I, I've have I ever experienced that? I, I don't think so. That's that's I, I I don't think I have. I've never felt like this super high, super um, excited because my portfolio had an all time high. Yeah, um, I get more. You know, for me, that feeling is more a level of security, comfort. You know. Um, when your port, you know, when your portfolio is in a good spot, or you know, I, I yeah. just I get a more of a comforting feeling. <laughs> yeah, if that sounds kind of maybe that sounds weird, but I know we're gonna get to that actually yeah. in a couple. Yeah, but I, I've 
I guess I have a hard time relating a little bit to that, but I've seen it. I mean, I, I know that I was getting a lot more calls from clients that were looking, you know, talking about speculative ideas, you know, Hey, what do you think about this? What do you yeah. think about that? You know, we get those kind of calls and you know, a lot of my, my, what I usually tell these people is, listen, this is a speculative idea. I tell them it's speculative. And if this is something that you want to do, it's not something I recommend. You know, you keep it to a small portion of your portfolio. So this was the Robin Hood crowd last year. Yeah. Really since COVID, right? Because what he explains in the book is that um, people that feel this kind of rush and that euphoria that's indistinguishable from, from cocaine or morphine is that they tend to get overconfident and greedy and they want more and more and more because they love that rush. Yeah. And most of the time it's in those speculative investments. So the key for me is recognize that what's happening and you you know it, once you recognize it then you're on on the way of understanding that the, hey Kate this is probably something I need to be cautious yeah. about. Yep. Right. Yep, and when we see clients doing that too, we try to keep them grounded, so to speak. Right. Which I think is the, the important part. In the in the long run, fundamentals actually really they really do matter. And we talk about the stock market in the short run is a voting machine, and in the long run it's a weighing machine. And what what they what we mean by that is stock market or stock prices can whatever's popular at the moment, um can drive stock prices at to prices that are unrealistic or speculative. Mm-hmm. In the long run, investors weigh the value of a business, and that's and that's what you need to focus on, and not get sucked into the speculative craze. The that, greed that that we saw we saw the last couple of years, and especially yep. kind of peaked out last November, October, and and we saw it also in the dot com era. And we saw it in housing prices in in the mid to you know two thousand seven you know leading up to yep. the financial crisis. We saw a lot of speculation. This craze, like and you said it, FOMO, it's the fear of missing out. Hey, my neighbor's making money in real estate, or my my neighbor's making money in Robinhood or in uh, meme stocks or SPACs. Jeez, you know I I got to participate in this, and yeah. it's hard to maybe just pull back and say, you know what, this is. Yeah, I'm 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 good with making money the the old fashioned way, you know, the, the long way. You know what? So let's get to that part right now because you and I are hardwired a little differently. Because I think this is our job, and maybe or maybe we are hardwired differently. I don't know. But here's the second part that he's talking about in this book: getting exactly what you planned for. So I think of setting a financial plan with Matthew and Spencer, right? Planning for the future. Uh, getting exactly what you planned for is basically a non-event for your brain activity. It's kind of boring. Boring. <laughs> we, it's, he says that we need a bigger hit of, a, of adrenaline or dopamine to get a bigger fix than the slow, methodical process that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. This is why people were hardwired. Most people are hardwired in a way that destroys wealth, doesn't make it. Yeah, I mean it's absolutely true, and uh, yeah, it, it this is kind of the boring part of investing is you know when you hit your financial goals or if you have if you sat down with and, and with Spencer or Matthew and and you you've gone through the financial planning process and 
you're on track, you know, and you get and you meet with them on an annual basis and they come back and say, yes, you're on track. Just keep doing what you're doing. That's that's not really exciting. No, (laughs) that doesn't make a good news story, does it? No, it doesn't. Johnny set a financial plan and retired comfortably. (laughs) How many times do you see that in the news? It's just not in the headlines. No. Never. Uh, Okay, third one. And as you're hearing these at home, just kind of gauge where you're at in terms of um, your psychology. The third one. Losses and gains have profound physical effects on the body and the brain. And that goes with... Making money and losing money. What about that one, B? Um, I think it's true. I, I remember kind of the stress of uh, early stages of coronavirus. And, you know, we had this big, dramatic decline in the market. And that was stressful. F- not only I th- it was all- stressful on us, you know, as, as we're managing yep. investments. It was, it was stressful. There's no question. I know it was stressful on all our clients as well. Um, I, I always, the way I kind of fight these, uh, these emotional, um, times is I focus on, I try to focus on the long term and, and look out three, five and 10 yeah, years from now, really which we, doing that, we yeah. say that all the time, yeah. but if you can, and I, the thing I like about the way our approach to investing is we, we invest in bit in businesses, not in a fund, which is hard I think it's hard, you know if you invest in a a fund, it's like what am I? It's like this kind of clouded. What is this? You know, where if you look at you know look at a client portfolio, or look at your portfolio, and say, oh, geez, I own, yeah. um, for example, Amazon, I own Microsoft, I own Google, I own Berkshire Hathaway, and say, are these? And ask yourself, are these businesses going to be around five and ten years from now? Are they going to be more valuable five or ten years from now? And that for me gives me a lot of confidence that we're doing the right thing and, and not and not to focus on today and now especially when you're having a you know market's going through a difficult time so uh whether you're making money that has a has a a, a positive mental toll right which hopefully doesn't lead to greed but especially when you're when you're down in your portfolio because he says that financial losses are processed in the same area of the brain that responds to mortal danger. So think about if you're in fight or flight, what do you, how do you respond? It's the exact opposite of how you should act. Meaning when you start losing money, what's your natural response? Run and hide. Run and hide. Sell, run and hide. Right. right. That's the and natural that's response. And that's the exact opposite of what people should do not if someone's breaking in your house, right? That's different mortal danger, but it's in the same part of the brain, your account being down. Yeah, which is exact opposite, like you said, of what you should be doing. You should be, and that's when I think I go back to, hey, I, I own a, a portfolio of wonderful businesses that three, five, and 10 years from now, I'm pretty confident. They're going to be around. They're going to be more valuable than they are today. And that's, and that's just again recognizing recognizing the effects of financial volatility, market losses, what that does to your psyche. First of all, recognize it, and then and then you need to remedy that by you know I don't. Everybody has their own way, but that's my way. My way is 
just try to ration, just look at your investments and, and be rational about it, not be emotional about your investments. Here's the crazy part to that number four, really number three and four that we talked about. Um, I have very little concern about the portfolios that we build for our clients, even if they're down, right? If they're down or up, very little concern because of the long term, which, which we always focus on. Our stress, and I'm going to speak for you, tell me if this isn't right, but our stress comes in this industry comes more from, I'm worried about how our clients are feeling. Mm-hmm. I'm worried that they're worrying too much. I'm worried that they feel like this business isn't a good business to invest in, even though it is, right? It's more of a worry about our clients. And then when we talk to our clients, guess what? 90% of the time, they're fine. <laughs> So it's different stress that we have in a down market like what we're having today. And it ha- I, I think it has very little to do with the businesses that we invest in. Yeah. It's more, how are our clients doing? Yeah, we've, we've talked about this before. Yeah. Our stress is, I'm not so much worried about my own investments, my own portfolio. No, not, which not by, at all. Which, by the way, is exact, exact same as <laughs> exactly as our clients. Yeah. But I worry, like you said, you know, how are our customers handling this? And, and, you know, Brian, are they saying Brian's an idiot for what do we, why did we buy this? Why didn't we get out a month ago? You know, yeah. those sort of things. And I mean, that's what worries me that, you know, how are they hand, you know, how are our customers handling this? And like you said, for the most part, 90% when we get on the phone and talk to our clients, there's like, I'm fine. I, I had a guy in last week, a customer in last week. He said, well, I just don't look at it, you know, <laughs> when the markets are that, down. Like, that's, that's, I, just, I just don't yeah. even look at it, you know, and uh, maybe that's putting your head in the sand. I says, well, that's what, you know, that's one of the reasons why you hired us is we do look at it. We are paying attention. We own these same investments ourselves. We eat our own cooking. Yep. And, uh, but 90, 90, probably 90 plus percent of our clients generally are fine. And if you're not, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not, give us a call. Yes, <laughs> by for the way. sure. Because it's that, it's that the loss of a dollar hurts a whole heck of a lot more than the gain of a dollar. Mm-hmm. And it's in the same area of the brain as mortal danger. Like that's a huge emotion. Yeah, and it's. I think it's important to distinguish. There's several types of market losses, and we have market volatility, and I think that's what we're experiencing right now. And it, we've talked about the reasons the last couple of weeks. We've talked about different reasons yeah. why the market's been volatile: interest rates, inflation, etc. But there's there's a couple. There, there, I distinguish between losses. One is permanent loss of capital. Mm-hmm. Those. That's the one that we are trying to avoid at all costs. We never want to lose capital permanently. That's where you have an investment that, you know, falls in price, but it's probably never going to recover yeah. for various reasons. The business is a bad business. You know, something happened. We we feel like that's fairly rare. It does happen from time to time, but it's fairly rare. One of the things we all, we do to offset that is we buy high-quality businesses we diversify our portfolio. We don't have all our money in one company or two company, but we have a diversified portfolio. And so we minimize the risk and you know, by doing that. And then, of course, we pay attention to price. What do we pay for a business? You know, if you add all those things together, we think that we that minimizes the, the probability of permanent loss of capital. If we talk, it's really following our process. That's why we can we can go to bed at night not worrying 
about financial losses and mortal danger, like being together, right? Because we understand what risk is. The problem is most of the time when we talk to people, client or not, they'll say, I've lost. They become anchored to a number, right? Their portfolio hits a million, then goes down to 700,000. I've lost 300,000, even though they have not, and it should recover. No guarantees in this world, but it should recover. I lost $300,000, which is the mortal danger in your brain. How often do you hear when you talk to clients? All the time. Say, it's always a number. I'm down 80,000 or I'm down this. Or that. And that's a whole other psycho- psychological you know, anchoring yourself to a number in your portfolio. It is anchoring. And, and I can't say I don't do that, but I understand what a loss is. Yeah. And people that understand that, you can cope with it a lot better. I'll, I'll, I'll tell my wife from time to time, like, she has no clue what I'm dealing with at work as far as that's so all I'll tell her says, yeah, I'm stressed out. Markets are down. You know, it's, it's a tough market. And I'm worried about yeah. our clients. Yeah. And she and she always says, "Well, you know, it'll be fine." You know, she 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 kind of coaches me oh, up, good. which is funny. We need to have her on a podcast. I know. <laughs> but she doesn't have, and she she won't be be offended by this because she doesn't pay attention to it. But she she's always, I think I've maybe implanted in her head over the years. I've talked to her about you know investment, good yeah. investment principles, and now she's telling me, reinforcing what I've told her over the years. It's long term, you know. Don't Marcus, worry. Yeah, exactly. It's temporary. Exactly. So it, it's just kind of funny that uh, she's, you know, she she now coaches me up when I'm going. That's when, awesome. when, when markets are tough or when the and markets are down. That's important to have uh, that other person that if you are feeling mortal danger in terms of losses or perceived losses in a portfolio, you got to, if you need to talk to somebody, call us. If you don't have anyone else to talk to, right? Yeah. Because you need to be prevented from making a big mistake. And the big mistake is when the market's down 20, 30%, getting, selling, going to cash. Yeah. That's a big mistake. But I I like coming back to anchoring. I think that's really, you shouldn't, I know everybody does it. We do. Everybody does it. Yeah. But try to avoid it or at least, you know, recognize that you're just anchoring anchoring you know you you had your portfolio at an all-time high and so oh now i'm down eighty thousand or i'm down whatever number that is and uh that's not helpful i i i think about it more in terms like where's my portfolio going to be five years from now ten years from now that's the way i think about it kind of the opposite of anchoring and say you know kind of my optimistic view long term which comes from setting a plan which is boring And no rush of dopamine from it. Yep. But it's what everybody needs. (laughs) So anyway, with that, my friends, I hope that helps. Understanding how we're hardwired to be completely different than how we should be when, when it relates to investing and retiring and everything else. And... The psychology of investing is so important. We probably can't overemphasize how important it is to be in control of your emotions and manage your emotions. Buffett will tell you that you only, I have to, you ever, we always have to bring Buffett up. Yeah, that's, I mean, absolutely. That's, that's required. Yeah. But so at the, at the closing of here of our, <laughs> we can check it yep. out. But Buffett always says that 
you know, you, you don't have to be a genius to be a good investor, but what you have to be really good at and what's really important is your emotional uh, intellect. Mm-hmm. And if you need to have higher, above average emotional in, intellect to be a successful investor. And, and that's really all about controlling your emotions, recognizing, you know, what's happening when you feel those feelings, because everybody does, and then not fall into, you know, the trap of, of giving into those emotions. So in terms of investing, let's just summarize it this way. However you're feeling about your money, if you're stressed, if you want to sell and move to cash, um, if you want to take a, a speculative investment because your neighbor is, in all those cases, do the exact opposite. Buy when the market's down. Don't take the speculative investment, right? Do the exact opposite of how your emotions are working. I always sleep on it too. Yeah, that's <laughs> if, good. If you're, if you're feeling those feelings... Go to go to bed, sleep on it overnight, and see how you feel the next day. And I'll bet ninety percent of the time you'll f- probably feel the opposite the way you did the day before. Amen. Yep. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. All right, my friends, stay calm. What's what's the word? Stay calm, carry on. Sounds good. Something like that. Something like that. I don't know. It's a, I don't know. I don't know that. Anyway, one. until yeah. next time. Bye bye. This is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized financial advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's financial situation is unique, and the topics discussed on this broadcast should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized advice. Specific financial securities discussed are not intended to address any listener's particular financial situation and should not be considered recommendations. This is for educational purposes only. For more information, please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info at or by calling 888-591-0334.